Do we really believe that Jesus wants to heal us? Today, I'm going to be taking a look at some passages in Matthew to talk about how Jesus approached healing when he was here on earth and how we should consider his healing ministry now that he waits for us in heaven. Hey there, lovely. Welcome to Personal Style for Christian Women. Are you tired of walking into your closet and feeling like you have nothing to wear? Do you feel frustrated when you look in the mirror and feel frumpy and icky in your clothes? Do you want to build a wardrobe that is authentic, timeless, and easy in a way that honors God and His plan for beauty and femininity? Hey there, I'm Stacy. I'm a crazy busy homeschooling mom of six. I used to look in the mirror frustrated and uncomfortable in my clothes and wish that I could just look and feel good and maybe get a compliment from my husband. I wanted to have fewer clothes that I really loved, discover my personal style to feel joyful and creative, and appreciate my body at every size and stage. But I was terrified what people would think if I dressed for myself and let go of trends and expectations. Then I discovered how to have confidence in the way God created me and His plan for beauty. In this podcast, you'll find style tips from color to body type, the magic of having less with a capsule wardrobe, and biblical mindset tips so you can bring your inner beauty to the outside. So go put in your favorite earrings, fix that hair, and let's dig in. Do you love Facebook groups? Are you looking for communities of like-minded Christian women to hang out with? Well, I would like to invite you to my style Facebook group where we talk about fashion and style and how to use those things to bring your inner beauty to the outside in the way that God intended, in a way that honors Him, and lets you live your life and live out your calling and purpose of what God intended for you. So head to ChristianStyleCommunity.com and join the Facebook group and get inside and hang out with these amazing, lovely women of God. Hey there, lovelies. Today, I'm going to be talking about healing, the ministry of healing, healing in the context of Jesus, healing how it relates to our own image, uh, how we view ourselves, how, um, how we view ourselves separately from how God views us through the lens of Christ. So I'm going to be kind of all over the place with healing today. We're talking about healing um, and I, I do want to point out that, you know, there are so many questions here when we talk about healing and the ministry of healing um, that we just don't have the answers to um, why sometimes we think people are healed and sometimes they're not. Um, and, and I'm going to ask that question here in a little bit, maybe ask it a bit. But, you know, um, healing has been a part of my own faith journey. Um, a little testimony here, um, maybe a shocker testimony. I don't know, but I was married before in my late twenties. Um, we tried to get pregnant, have kids. Uh, we went through a bunch of testing and everything was fine with him. It was definitely me. That was the problem. Um, and we split up for different reasons. Um, and I got remarried in my early thirties and I wasn't sure that I would be able to have kids because of what had happened before. Um, I skipped over a little bit of stuff there. But anyways, um, I just wasn't sure um, that there had kind of been a decision before that I would definitely need to seek further treatment options, like higher level treatment options. So I just wasn't sure when I remarried that I would be able to get pregnant. But I had done a lot of praying and healing and seeking God on this subject before I got married. And so there was just a faith in me that believed that he was going to make it right, even though the science said, you know, that something different was going to happen. Um, and fast forward uh, 10 years later, we have six children, all conceived very naturally, um, no fertility treatments needed. And so I am a believer in the healing, that healing is a current ministry of the Lord, that we can seek healing, that he will redeem these things and repair these things. 
and that this is something that we can latch onto and claim onto as the promises of God. So I have been reading through the Gospels recently very, very slowly. I mean, we're talking like a half half a chapter a day because I'm taking notes and I'm really digging deeply into the passages and seeing how they relate to each other and, and what they reveal in their depth. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, I was in Matthew um, around Matthew 7, uh, verses 2 and 3, a story of a leper being cleaned. Um, so uh, the leper comes to Jesus and bows down before him and says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And so, of course, leprosy is a condition where you're deemed untouchable, unclean by society. So Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So after reading that passage, the first thing I did was ask myself, hmm, did Jesus ever, the first, it just jumped out at me, that it jumped off the page that it was this conversation about if you are willing. And then Jesus says, yes, of course I'm willing. And so I wondered, did Jesus ever refuse to heal anybody? So I start digging and I start researching and I find a reference that says that Jesus, ha- there are 26 recorded healings in the New Testament. Jesus never did refuse any of them. And there are many, many mentions of healing that are not documented in any numerical value. Uh, Many more healings, many more cleansings, just different things mentioned throughout the Gospels many more times. They were not all recorded. We do have 26 recorded healings. So I think it's pretty clear to say that Jesus is willing to heal us, right? But before I could even really keep going on that passage, I kept reading. And a few chapters later in Matthew 9, it all began to clarify for me. So Jesus goes on this healing spree in verse 9, okay? He raises a girl from the dead, heals a woman who's been unclean for 12 years, restores the sight of two men, and casts out a demon. This is just like in one chapter. Um, And all of these are really, really specific healings. And in between all these, he's like going through the cities and the villages. um, And it also says he's healing every kind of sickness and every kind of disease. Um, And these words are really powerful. It doesn't say healing some sicknesses and some diseases. It says healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. So nothing is really off here. But I want to go to verse 18, Matthew 9, 18, where this flowing day of healing begins. It's just this healing walk (laughs) throughout the city, right? So Jesus has been feeling questions and criticisms um, in the first half of this chapter. And the people who should have recognized him, who should have believed him, who should have been rejoicing that the promised Messiah was finally here, right? The chosen one of Israel, Emmanuel, God with us, he's finally here. And they have nothing but negativity for him, right? They called him a blasphemer. They wanted to know why he was hanging with a bad crowd. They laughed at him. They even accused him of working miracles by being in cahoots with the devil. I mean, these are some pretty harsh statements, right? And so... I want to look at the contrast of those who came to him for healing in the second part of this chapter, right? So can you imagine like what this must have been like, this difference between those who should have, who knew, who had all the book knowledge to know that who he, it, he, who he was and who he said he was, but their book knowledge was so underrated, right? They didn't really know what was going on compared to these people who didn't have that knowledge, but they saw him and they just recognized him, right? Can just imagine, like you're walking around 2,000 years ago, 2,000 plus, and you're seeing this man, he's preaching, he's teaching, there are people following him, which wasn't really that unusual, right? You have these like traveling preachers, um, traveling rabbis, things like that. A lot of people think he's just a rabbi. But somehow, something strikes you, and you just know that this man is the Messiah. You just know. You recognize him as the son of David. Your faith in who he says he is is so strong that just being in his presence 
will cure you of whatever is ailing you. Just being in his presence, right? Just being in his presence. You know he is able. You know nothing special needs to be done. Believing that he is the Savior and he is enough. And so this man comes to him and he's a synagogue official. He's a religious leader, right? He knows some of this stuff. He has the faith. He tells him his daughter is dead. He doesn't even ask for healing. He just states it. He doesn't ask. He just states it as if it's a fact, a known fact. Come and lay your hand on her and she will live. Boom. There's no asking. There's no request of willingness. There's just, I know you'll do. That's all there is. So Jesus follows him, but he's got time to heal somebody else. He's not in a hurry, right? His power is not limited. It's not finite. He can heal multiple people in one scenario. Easy peasy. So we have now the woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. So Levitical law dubs this woman as unclean um, for the last 12 years of her life. And I think about this, this is over a decade, y'all. What have you done in the last decade? For the last decade plus, she has been considered untouchable, unfit for present current society. Everything she touches and everyone who touches her is unclean by association. For 12 years of her life, she's been a pariah. And she touches the fringe on Jesus' cloak. She makes him unclean by touching him, but nowhere is it indicated that he cares at all. Her faith was so big that she only needed to touch his garment to be well. This is the same thing. She didn't ask him either. She reached out and touched him, knowing that her touching him would make her clean, would make her well. When Jesus noticed her, of course, he didn't chastise her for touching him. Instead, he encouraged her to take courage because it was her faith that made her well. So here's my question. Two questions really that I have for you today. Number one, do we believe that Jesus wants us to be whole? This is a big question. Um, It's a question that brings up the conversation of why some people don't get healed and why they do. Um, And so the question is, does Jesus want us to be whole? And I believe that yes, Jesus wants us to be whole. I don't know those answers in between. But for myself, I am believing that he does want to heal our afflictions. He does want to bring us peace in our journey. And he does want to help us to repair and restore those broken places inside of us that make us feel unworthy, less than, sick, depressed, and broken. Here's the real question. Is our faith a problem? Where is our faith when we need Jesus' help? Why don't believe, why don't we believe that he is willing and able to heal our afflictions? Why don't we believe that? Maybe it is our faith. Maybe it is our belief. Maybe we're limiting ourselves. And in doing so, we're limiting God. We're limiting Jesus to unleash his power on us that he wants to, this power of healing and redemption. And you know, I can't really give you any tips here, right? Um, Faith is one of those things. Um, It's actually one of my strongest spiritual gifts. This just underlying faith that God is who he says he is, and he's going to do what he says he's going to do, and Jesus is who he says he is, and he's going to do what he says he's going to do, and the Holy Spirit's going to keep working in me, and it's just going to be like it is, right? At the end of the day, like, God is who he says he is, and that's, that's really like the pinnacle of my own faith, but it's not something that you can really force other people to feel, but I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to pray for great, great faith. Because you know how I feel. You know that I believe that God will deliver on those prayers that you put out to him, that you seek him diligently, knocking in earnest when you want things, that he answers our prayers. 
So I want you to pray about the mustard seed. Okay, There are a couple different versions of this in the gospel. I'm going to use the one with the mountain because I think it just paints a great picture of size and just sheer magnitude of what who Jesus is and who we are and how we can bridge that gap between the two, right? So in Matthew, again, 17, 20, Jesus says to them, because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. So my sister in Christ, I pray for you to have faith the size of a mustard seed just a tiny, tiny bit of deep abiding faith, deep, deep faith, the tiniest, tiniest morsel. And I pray that your faith would grow into the mountain, not that you would move the mountain, but that you would let your faith grow into the mountain and that you would let Jesus move it for you. I pray for an increase in faith, a huge, huge rebirth of believing God, of trusting God, of expecting that God will deliver on his promises to you and that God will answer you in your prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey there, gorgeous. Before you go, if this episode inspired you and helped you to feel more confident, I'd love for you to leave me a written review on Apple Podcasts. Second, hop on over and join the free Facebook group at christianstylecommunity.com where you'll find Jesus-loving women just like yourself learning about style and building a dream wardrobe. Get dressed, be radiant.